welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series where we feature the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. The Institute of Innovation and Entrepreneurship, or IIE, was set up at SMU in September 2009 to create and grow an entrepreneurial culture among students, staff and faculty through collaborations within and beyond the community. The Institute has various functions that help innovators commercialize their business ideas. Innovation and entrepreneurship has been identified as an area of excellence of SMU, where multidisciplinary research, teaching and knowledge transfer, and outreach and collaboration are integrated to solve real-world challenges. The SMU Innovation and Entrepreneurship Area of Excellence focuses on building an array of programs and expertise that support business and market development to complement R&D investments. In this podcast, Professor Desai Arkot Narasimalu, who is the Professor of Information Systems and Director of SMU's Institute of Innovation and Entrepreneurship, shares his insights on the subject in SMU, Singapore and beyond. Professor, we understand you have been involved in research on innovation and entrepreneurship. How would you rate innovation and entrepreneurship in Singapore vis-à-vis those in Asia and the rest of the world? Singapore has been very aggressive in promoting innovation and entrepreneurship. The government has been spending a lot of money in funding upstream research, which could result in intellectual property that can be translated into innovation and into startup companies. The amount of money that Singapore has been investing is amazing in comparison with the rest of the Asian countries. I believe that the government is very, very uh, determined to make sure that innovation entrepreneurship is the next vehicle for its economic growth. Professor, your institute nurtures an innovation culture through incubation and acceleration programs, affiliated business mentors and entrepreneurs in residence. How successful have these efforts been in nurturing entrepreneurs at SMU? The Institute of Innovation and Entrepreneurship was set up on September 3rd, 2009. That is about four years old now. In this period, we have established a very robust process using which uh, we are able to encourage more people to consider innovation and entrepreneurship as a career option as opposed to heading for an investment bank. And in the process, we have recruited two very experienced entrepreneurs and residents who are themselves serial entrepreneurs, as well as about 70 business mentors who are able to train our young entrepreneurs with the mistakes that they should avoid in creating a new company. And as a result, over the four-year period, we've been able to help 60 teams create startups in various disciplines. This has resulted in helping them raising about $3 million in grants from government and about $8 million in seed investments. This is something generally perceived as remarkable given its only a four-year period. And the numbers are amazing and the investors are very happy with us. I'd like to share with you a couple of examples. A company called Tyler Projects initially was into gaming. Uh, They had a game called Battle Station which was very popular on Facebook. They were earning $2 million revenue on a cost base of $750,000 per year. And this is only possible because of help from the uh, early incubation process at SMU 
uh, even before the Institute of Innovation and Entrepreneurship was set up. More recently, uh, there is a company called Innova Technologies, which was started by Rick Tan, who has created an anti-loss device. And this device sold out in less than two months uh, when he was expecting to sell it over a six-month period. And he's done a second batch of products, and they have also sold out in two months. These are some happy stories that people in Singapore should learn from. SMU's innovation research efforts are multidisciplinary and well integrated with the activities of schools and research centers across the university. Can you give a couple of examples on how SMU has managed to leverage its multidisciplinary expertise in its research on innovation? I will give you initially examples of how we have started efforts in teaching area and then follow it up with research examples. The School of Business has established a concentration on entrepreneurship which introduces students to the challenges in entrepreneurship and prepares them to become entrepreneurs. The School of Information Systems has certainly established a technopreneurship track which again prepares people to become entrepreneurs using technology. These are the beginnings where we get people to get excited about becoming entrepreneurs. Generating interest among students alone is not sufficient. We have also faculty members, about 20 of them across the different schools in the university who are interested in one or the other aspect of innovation and entrepreneurship. I'd like to give you a concrete example. In a recent response to a request for proposal, we had three professors from business school, two from OB and HR, which is Organizational Behavior and Human Resource and one from uh, operations management and two professors from the School of Accounting and one from School of Information Systems come together to respond to a very interesting innovation research opportunity. Innovation by definition is interdisciplinary and it requires multiple perspectives uh, from the human resource perspective, finance perspective, accounting perspective as well as technology perspective. And we look forward to many more such interactive projects in the coming years. Professor, financing is one of the main challenges faced by aspiring entrepreneurs. What is your advice to them? Generally speaking, if you have a very interesting opportunity, investors will chase you. I'll give you a few examples. A few years ago, we had a School of Accountancy master's student, Danny Tan, who had a company called Found. When he made a presentation in one of the local events, there were 17 investors lining up to invest in his company because they found it to be very attractive. Similarly, very recently, I interacted with a company called Faster Cash, where an entrepreneur did not even write a business plan, not a, he did not have a pitching deck. He raised 1.3 million US dollars in a four-week period just by talking to people who he thought might be interested. Good business opportunities are often chased by investors and not the other way around. The government has been doing its part. They have established technology incubators, 15 of them by a National Research Foundation, who are able to invest up to $589,000 for every startup. That is a seed investment. This has to be followed by Series A investment where people will require between $1 to $5 million. And this is an area where Singapore is currently 
reviewing the availability of uh, venture capitalists and we expect some good news to come in the coming years. Turning to Singapore, what would you say are the major challenges facing young entrepreneurs in Singapore today? The first suggestion to young entrepreneurs in Singapore today would be think global, act local. It's very important for them to think of businesses which will scale around the globe and use Singapore as a test bed to try out their ideas. You cannot find a much more nurturing environment than Singapore anywhere in the world when it comes to early stage nurturing of startups. Every university has set up an incubator and NRF has set up 15 incubators. Companies such as MediaCorp and Starhub and Singtel have also set up incubators. With so many people wanting to chase after interesting deals, you can't be in a better position than in Singapore. However, I find a number of proposals are rather weak and Singapore-centric. We really should break out of thinking about opportunities just within Singapore. We can even think about opportunities across Southeast Asia, which introduces us to a market of easily a half a billion people. If you include China and India, that's easily about three billion people. And that's the kind of thinking that has to come into the minds of young entrepreneurs. We should think about disruptive opportunities that will enable the betterment of life for people in the region. If you look at it very carefully, the challenge is not the money, the challenge is not the availability of mentors, the challenge really is the mindset, the ability to think about creating companies that will cater to the needs of a larger population than Singapore is indeed the main challenge that Singaporeans, whether young or old, have to overcome. Do you feel that young Asians are more risk adverse than their Western counterparts? How would you encourage more young people in Singapore, including those from SMU, to become entrepreneurs given the low rate of success for startups? I used to believe a couple of years ago that Asians were risk averse and Asians were the only ones who were risk averse. In the last couple of years, it's come to my notice, even people in advanced nations like German economy are also risk averse. Because people feel failure is a stigma, a label that sticks to them for the rest of their lives, which is different from Silicon Valley where they wear failure as a badge. It is a change in mindset that is very critical for people to pursue entrepreneurship as a career option. Now, we should not talk about Asia as if it is one large geography. Asia is made up of India, China, ASEAN and Japan, you find that the behavior of young people in different Asian countries is directly related to the availability of jobs. In economies where there is plentitude of jobs available for people, they would be less reluctant to take on an entrepreneurial career option because of exactly what you said, the failure rate is high. It is normal for young people to make mistakes. The way you manage the mistakes is by getting them to work with experienced business mentors who meet them up on a weekly basis, are able to tell them the kind of mistakes they should be avoiding. And it is with this in mind, we have established a process where we have mentors who meet young entrepreneurs out of SMU on a weekly basis. They spend one to two hours every week to sit down and think about how the founding team 
should approach the execution of their idea. Oftentimes, companies fail not because their ideas are bad, they fail because the execution of the ideas are bad. If we can get them to work with experienced business executives as mentors, then the chances of failures can be certainly lowered but not avoided totally because sometimes there are external factors such as a company that creates a similar product or service that you had never known of appears on the horizon and in such a case things are beyond your control. Thank you Professor Desai. Your views have been most insightful. Thank you.